jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Howard for the oh! Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Driver's Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte as we come to you live from the Sirius XM radio headquarters in Midtown Manhattan. This will be our home for the next couple of days as we take you through the 2K Sports Classic, leading you right up to SU football on Saturday at Yankee Stadium against Notre Dame. You know the number by now, 315-437-7644. We do have one guest lined up for you today. Syracuse assistant coach Jerry McNamara will join us in about a half hour from now. You heard Tommy mention that, uh, according to Jim Beheim, doubtful that we will see Frank Howard. We'll hope to get a, an even further update from Jerry McNamara here in about 30 minutes from now. I don't think it surprises uh, either one of us, Seth, that, that Frank probably won't play tonight. Pete Moore told me yesterday that Frank will have some input, but ultimately the final decision will be up to Jim Beheim. Makes sense to sit him tonight. And, and again, they've they've got one game next week before you, you lead up to that, that trip to Columbus, Ohio. Maybe that is the target now. Again, a, a lot of a speculation, a lot of mystery with this whole thing. Hopefully we'll get some more information from Jerry in about 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to ask because th- this has been a, a really strange timeline and, and it's just kept shifting and evolving and, and it's gone from he'll be back for the opener, don't worry about it, to, okay, he's not going to be back to, for the opener, maybe soon, to he has no status update, don't ask us about it. And, you know, it's just devolved. It, it really has. It's just devolved to this point that um, is really strange and, and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense um, how it's gotten to this point. But we're at this point now where we really don't know about Frank Howard, and, and I think that that's something that uh, probably concerns you or me or Syracuse fans or or the coaching staff but you know we we circled certain dates on the calendar this was one of them right this was one of those dates that we circled with frank howard and said you know it would be nice to have him back for that yukon game and if not for the yukon game the oregon game uh, that game tomorrow night if it is oregon that's a really tough game uh that's a really tough matchup so i, I think it's interesting that we're now at this point and we still know nothing about his status and he's not going to be 100% whenever he takes the floor for the first time. And he's going to have some rust that he's going to have to shake off. I, I don't know as if they want to bring him back when he's got to play two games and, and two really hard games back-to-back days. So, you know, they may try to, to ease him back. Again, hopefully we'll hear from Jerry McNamara. We'll, we'll get some insight into into what's going on. Um, we do know that he's out of the boot. We do know he's practicing again. He's doing five-on-five again, which, you know, those things are certainly encouraging. And when Jalen Carey started doing five-on-five again, it was within a week when he was able able to come back and and start playing again so 
I think we're getting close with Frank Howard. It just might not be tonight. You know, maybe it is tomorrow. Maybe they don't want to play him back-to-back nights in the Garden, and they, they're saving him for Oregon. Or, like I said, you know, maybe they're going to ease him back, let him play one game against a lesser opponent next week, and try to get him really ready for that trip to Columbus for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Yeah, that's possible, too. I, I mean, you know, if you're if you're choosing him for one game this week, one game here at the Garden, the Oregon game is the tougher game. And so... While I understand wanting your best players in that game, that's also the tougher game for him to come back in. I mean, that would also be throwing him into the fire against a top 15 team. And look, other teams in the country do it. Other other teams in the country started their season with a top 15 team. So, so it shouldn't be that crazy to throw out there. Um, but when you're talking about a player who's coming off an injury, that, that's not exactly an ideal situation to throw him into. It, it would make more sense to me. And look, I'm, I'm not a basketball coach. I never have been. Um, and I certainly haven't been doing it for 40 plus years like the guy on Syracuse's sidelines. But it would make more sense to me to throw him in tonight or or next Wednesday than it does to just throw him into the fire tomorrow. I mean, this is a Danny Hurley coach team, though, and Danny Hurley is known for pressure defense. So they are going to try to get after the Syracuse guards tonight. So this this would not be an easy game. No, quote, I'm not unquote, saying but that. I, I know but, what you're saying. But Tomorrow's Oregon's a more opponent. talented team Understood. than UConn. Understood. I'm just saying that but both of these will be tough for a point guard to come back who hasn't played in whatever it's been, two months and just kind of throw him into the fire. I mean, he would be challenged tonight if he took the court against UConn. He certainly would be challenged tomorrow if he took the court against Oregon. You know, again, maybe they're going to ease him back next week and then get him ready for that trip to Columbus. But a lot to get to here in regards to SU basketball, a lot to get to in regards to SU football. we got to begin by talking about what happened last night, Seth, and, and this whole Cuse in the City Week Tipped off last night in New York. I was down here uh, working it for News Channel 9. I know you were in the process of driving down, but the SU women uh, started this week off great uh, for all of Orange Nation with a 75-65 win over Texas A&M uh, in White Plains at the, the Westchester County Center. That's where the, the Liberty play. That's where the uh, Westchester Knicks play. Uh, nice facility. Uh, they put on quite a show last night. Close game at halftime. SU was down one. And then Tiana Mungakahia just took over in the second half. If she's not one of the best guards in the country, and I know she's you know, on all these watch lists, my God, she took over in that second half. She finished with 26 points, uh, 17 after intermission. And she was going up against an all-SEC guard in Kennedy Carter, and she outplayed her for a better part of that game. K- Carter got off to a great start, but Mungakahia, I would say, outplayed her for the last 30 minutes or so. And that was a big win for Coach Q's ladies. Yeah, that, that's a huge win. And, and you said the last 30 minutes, they outscored Texas A&M 26-12 in the third quarter. 26 to 12. That that is unbelievable to me. Um, and, and it gives them a lead. It, it gives them a big enough lead to sustain a little bit of a push in the fourth quarter. And they're able to win and get a top uh, a 10 point win over a top 20 team. Uh, you know, I know we talked about this on the show two days ago, but the, the scheduling that Coach Q has done and, and this 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 slate that he puts together year in and year out of top 15 team, top 20 team, go play a Thanksgiving tournament, go play somewhere over the Christmas break. It's really impressive, and and it gets you ready for an ACC slate, and and it shows really that Syracuse can play with anybody. They they hung with Oregon on the road in Eugene. They went and beat a to, uh, the twentieth ranked team in Texas A and M last night. I mean, this Syracuse team can play with anyone. Coach Q uh, said after the game, this goes back to a, a few years ago when Syracuse was on the bubble. They thought they were in. They thought they had won enough games, and they they didn't get in. 
And, you know, the committee essentially said in regards to Syracuse, you know, you didn't play a tough enough schedule. And so Coach Q on the spot said that's never going to happen again. And so he, he took it to the other extreme, and now he plays a very difficult schedule. It's funny because I, I interviewed him at the Mellow Center the day that they left to come down here to New York. And I said, you know, coming off that Oregon game, and I know it's only November, but do you look at this, you know, with any sense of urgency, the fact that, you know, now it's another top 20 opponent, another opportunity to score a big win? I said, is there any more urgency? And, you know, he gave me the, the coach speak answer of, you know, they're all important and you want to win them all. And then last night he admitted he told his team it was a must win. He said after the game, <laughs> he's like, yes, I put extra pressure on him. I told him it was a That's must good. win. And, and they went out. And, and the way that, that he looks at it, the reason he said it's a must win, again, it's only November, but they're thinking about their RPI. They're thinking about March. They're thinking about earning two home games in the NCAA tournament. And if you want to do that, you've got to play a tough schedule and you've got to beat some of those teams. And they let an opportunity slip away in Oregon. And again, they're not, I don't think that's going to hurt their case at all. The fact they lost by a bucket at number three. But it's Oregon. not helping. But they, they very easily could have won that game. Right. They get one stop in the final three possessions, they probably win. Didn't happen. And then they come back, you know, quote-unquote home. It was a neutral site game, but back to New York. And this was a big opportunity, and they were able to get it. So, so they looked at it. You know, the players said the same thing. We looked at it as we need this game if we want to achieve our goals in March. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned those two home games in the NCAA tournament at the end of the year, and, and I think that's one of the really cool things about the NCAA, the, the women's tournament, is you get these two games on campus, and, and in the men's tournament they, say, they actively say, no, you can't play in your home arena. You can't play if you're the, the site host, quote-unquote, in that building. But the women's game embraces it. And, and I remember a couple of years ago, I went to the games uh, when they hosted. And, and it was a really cool environment. And, and it's something to play towards where, you know, even if you're, yeah, you're not playing for the bubble. You're not quite playing for a one seed. And, and you know that the hierarchy of women's college basketball is UConn and Notre Dame and, and uh, you know, teams at the top of Baylor. Teams at the top are, are so good and so dominant. So you're not necessarily playing for that. But you have to play for this because to get these games in your own building is such a benefit for you and as he joked last night he said it worked out pretty well for us the last time we hosted a couple of it games. did and, and it did it gave them some momentum it allowed them to get into the sweet 16 and as we all know come march we've seen it many times with the men's program you get into march you get hot a couple things break right for you you could end up in the final four or in the national title game taking on uconn i mean it, it can happen we saw it happen and so that's why these games are so important because you want to start the ncaa tournament in your own building for so many reasons uh it helps you stay more rested. It, it gives you a big advantage as you as you get ready and, and try to advance on to the Sweet 16. So these games are important. They've got three more in three days next week uh, in Cancun, one of those against DePaul, who's ranked 15th in the country. And then they come back to Syracuse only to hit the road immediately after the Cancun trip. They go out to Minnesota, who's now number 25 in the national polls, and, and that's the, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So four weeks into their schedule, they're going to have four games already against top 25 opponents. They're one and one at this point. Mark Coyle doing very big things for another <laughs> athletic department. Uh, you know, you joke, you joke about Mark Coyle, and I, I know we do. I know, I, but he had Dino Babers, I know, he so does. I just you I know wonder what? if when, when we look back on Syracuse athletic director history in like 20 years, I wonder if You're going to look at his one well, year and be like, wow, what a great hire I he just, made. Thank you. Just wonder <laughs> if, if people around here are going to have the negative thoughts that they seem to now. Because oh, I know. 
You know, yeah, he came. He wasn't even here a year. I was making fun of him, because, like him personally, because didn't he like? Jo- I don't think he was joking, but he was like, "Look at all the great work I've done." No, and I was I like, "No, like you didn't do you, any of this." You can make fun of him all you want. I know you do, and it, it, he's an easy target. And for a lot of reasons, it makes sense, and I get it. I, I don't disagree with you on that. Just someday, I think you know. Ten years from now, we'll look oh, back sure. and like, oh, yeah, Mark Coyle hired that guy. He did that thing in one year that Darryl Gross didn't do in ten. Who no. helped the football program back to prominence. I will never forget when Daryl Gross said that when Syracuse played Notre Dame down here and going into that game, it was two, two games in and Syracuse was 2-0 and at the time and they were getting ready to play that Maryland game. And I remember him saying, all we have to do is beat Maryland, and then this game is going to have national relevance. And then throughout that week, he used the term national relevance. Like, and then they had 700 times. yards of offense and lost to Maryland. Right. I'm back in 2014. Schaefer's here. They're 2-0. and They barely beat Villanova, beat Central Michigan the next week. And all we got to do is just beat Maryland, take care of an, a mediocre Maryland team, and then you know national, national relevance. relevance against Notre Dame. And uh, yeah, that uh, that didn't quite happen. That was down. Uh, that was the game at MetLife Stadium uh, when Syracuse played Notre Dame, and uh, didn't go well uh, for the Orange either of those weeks. They lost to Maryland, and then they they lost that game that, that was they were supposed game. to have national relevance. That was the game. I'm not I'm not remembering incorrectly. That was the game where they they had like 600 yards of offense, yes, but correct. Terrell Hunt threw a pick six by the goal line, correct, and, and something like that, and, and something else crazy happened. On a short pass right. too, and the, <laughs> it, the, I think it was a defensive lineman jumped up and intercepted it, and then took it like 88 yards yes. for the for the clinching touchdown. Uh, yes, that that Daryl Gross. And uh, national relevance. Well, there is national relevance now. And, and we'll certainly talk much more about this, this SU football game on Saturday. Again, when, when this whole Cuse in the City Week thing was announced, I think we all just assumed that the men's basketball piece of it would be the, the main course. And it, it, it doesn't feel like that anymore. It feels like this is the appetizer and that the main event is very much Saturday the, the way it should be. You know, game 11 of the season opposed to, you know, a couple of early season games uh, for the men's basketball team. Phone lines are open at 315-437-7644. We're going to step aside, take our first time out. We're back after this on Orange Nation, coming to you live from the Sirius XM Radio headquarters in Midtown Manhattan, back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from New York City, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Yeah. No joke, Seth. I heard this song yesterday five different times. No, you did I did. Driving down here and then at the Westchester County Arena, everywhere I turned, this song was playing. What? What station were you listening to? I don't know. That this was on. You have no idea. I don't know. Just whatever came in. You would, you know, you know how it is. You're when just, you drive you're just scanning you drive, the FM dial, and then you, you know, it goes to static, and then you find the next station. You hit the tune button. Yeah. And I don't know. But that song, lit- I literally heard it three times in the car, and oh, then a yeah. couple of times at the game last of night. Of course, and I bet we will hear it tonight at the game, and I bet we'll hear it Saturday at the game. I guess it, it makes sense. There was it was an aggressive amount of times though. Anyway, it was. It's a good song. I, I it know is. You, you put it together is. all new imaging for this show down here. So so well done. Yeah, and, um, and look, we're one for one. You knew that one. I did. You don't think I'm going to know them all? No, you probably will. But I don't know. You uh, never know. We'll see how we'll see how things go. Uh, we're going to hear from Jerry McNamara coming up here in about ten minutes from now. Uh, Jerry will tell you that when he was a player. UConn was his biggest rival. Oh, yes. He will tell you that. He does not like UConn. Didn't he tell us a story 
a couple of years ago uh, that that when they played in the Bahamas, yes. and it was like the first time they like played again after the Big East, and he had to like go tell people that it was a big deal. He was like, no, you don't like them. Yeah, he said he was like more <laughs> amped up than anybody, yeah. than the players. He's like, He's no, like, you don't understand. You don't like them. It's UConn. Right. He's we like, need to beat, beat them. them. <laughs> yeah. So he'll tell you that this was certainly when he was a player, uh, SU's biggest rival. It, it doesn't feel like that anymore for a lot of reasons. The main reason being... Syracuse and UConn are, are not in the same conference. You came across a quote from Jim Beheim uh, in The Athletic that, that very much speaks to that. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll read a little bit before it, too. Uh, the, the, the writer writes, Asked whether he gets nostalgic going up against one of his former Big East foes, Beheim sighed. Quote, It gets a little less so each year that passes, Beheim said. It's been a few years now. We're getting more comfortable in the ACC and establishing rivalries there. But we, but we know Connecticut, it's still a good game. That doesn't exactly sound like somebody to me who's like, ah, great rivalry. He's not wrong. No. Because I feel the same way. Like this, you know, for so many years, I came down here for the Big East tournament. And anytime it was Syracuse-UConn at the Garden, it was, it was special. It was extra special. And obviously the six-overtime game helped with that. But just how good UConn was for a long stretch and Jim Calhoun. And, you know, they were a, a ranked opponent for, you know, years and years and years. And it, it became a rivalry. And anytime they played here, it was extra special. And it, it, it doesn't feel like that anymore. Would Again, it change we're, if they were better? We're t- yes, it would. We're talking more about... What's happening here Friday? We're talking about Syracuse, Oregon, yes. Syracuse, Oregon. We, 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 it's almost like Syracuse-UConn has become an afterthought. Yes, it would, it would matter if they were better. If Georgetown was a top-10 team right now, everybody would have that one circled. December 7th or whatever it is, eighth. Syracuse, 8th. Syracuse, Georgetown. It, it, I mean, it would be a huge thing. But it's just, it doesn't feel like – I mean, Patrick Ewing is the coach. But it doesn't Did you see him the like other night, that. by the way? You see him by the other night. The other night, he had a white towel slung over his shoulder. I did not after, see that. After the game, he said something. He was like, "Yeah, it was." I was, I was like, "Big John." Like, <laughs> it was like I, I had a little Coach Thompson in me. Yeah, I, I mean, that would be a rivalry, even though they're not in the same conference. Syracuse Georgetown could that would still matter itself if Georgetown was better. Syracuse UConn, if they played every year, and they've been playing quite a bit of late. That would still be a true rivalry. It just it, to me, it just doesn't feel like it anymore. And a lot of it is just that program is just falling Tanked. so far off. Yeah, and I, and I find it interesting because you look at what the the main rivals were going back to the Big East days. It was you know it was UConn, it was Georgetown, uh, Pittsburgh. Of course, they still play Pittsburgh. St. John's, uh, St. John's, and Villanova. Yeah. Right, it, those five really more so than anybody else. I think you would say are are the big games over the years that Syracuse has had. Pitt, uh, Pitt, UConn, Georgetown, St. John's, Villanova, and they don't they don't play Villanova anymore. They don't play St. John's anymore. Uh, they haven't in in a couple of years. They haven't played either of those teams. Uh, they didn't play Georgetown for for what two years after after they both left their conference. They didn't play UConn I think for one year, and now it's just kind of like this whatever. And they still haven't played on campus since leaving the Big East. It's it's like they really are, and and I don't know that it's anybody's fault necessarily, but they really are pushing it all away, and and they really are pushing this history behind them and saying, you know what, we're in the ACC now, we're we're moving on, we're we're moving on to bigger and better, and um, it, it's just this odd this odd feeling, isn't it? Like it's it, there's this weird feeling, like you should. It, 
I'm somebody who's a sports history nerd. So I say embrace the history. I say, hey, these teams are still around. Still, come on, let's keep playing them. Let, let's embrace that. Let's let's pull out the stops. Let's pull out the highlights tonight on ESPN. Let's pull them out on December eighth for that Georgetown game. Let's have let's have Patrick Ewing with a with a Gatorade towel over his shoulder, you know, and, and Jim Beheim on the other on the other sideline. Like I I'm all for this stuff, but it it, it seems like that play isn't there, you know at at. It, you know, it, it doesn't work at, at that same level. I think that they, they've tried to keep those rivalries alive to some degree. They obviously can't play all five of those teams every year, but they have sprinkled in those opponents, Nova and St. John's and uh, UConn and Georgetown, and, they, and they've, they've, they've tried to play them here and there. It's just something is missing. It is just not the same. It's not the as same. As much as everybody wants it to be the same, it is not the same. And that's why they've been playing these games at the Garden, to try to rekindle those you know, warm and fuzzy emotions that you're talking about and those memories. And, and you know, they're, they're playing at neutral sites. And, and I, I... Series and, you know... But, trying, you, but it's not the same. But do you have a feeling that that's going to continue after this year? Like, I have no idea. I have no, like, I, I don't know that that's going to continue after this year. Who knows? Like, based on the four years of this thing, and, and I know that last year this was a big topic of discussion, and I'm sure that it will be again in three weeks when we're doing it. But last year leading into that game, wasn't, wasn't the discussion like, eh, kind of over this? And then, of course, we had the game, and we we're like, no, 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 let's keep this thing forever. But, but leading in, we were, we were just kind of like, eh, kind of over it. And so I, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know if this thing really continues. I, I don't know how this goes. It, it's not the same. I'd like to see it continue. I think both sides want to see it continue if it makes sense. I mean, it's a non-conference game now. They, they have to, to work it in and, and make sure that, that it makes sense for both sides and that it works into the schedule that they have with everybody else and their, you know, their preseason tournaments and, and so on and so forth. I think they would like to see it continue. Um, but again, you, you have to pick and choose. You can't have Villanova, St. John's, UConn, and Georgetown on the schedule every year. You can have a couple of them. And now that the ACC wants to expand, not doesn't want to, that the ACC is expanding the conference schedule, that that takes two games off your schedule that, you know, you can schedule anybody you want. So, you know, as Jim Bayham said, you know, he said Villanova's off the schedule next year. I don't know if Villanova (laughs) Villanova hasn't been on the schedule in five years. I don't know if Villanova was ever on the schedule, (laughs) uh, but but next year Villanova's off the schedule schedule. because of the the 20 ACC games. You know, it's funny because we we talk about this and and I, you know, I just, I don't know. You know, you you say you can't possibly schedule all of them. And and I kind of look at it and I say, can't you? Uh, you know, I I know you probably don't want to, and and the names, uh, the names on the front of the jersey are probably a little bit more scary than what the teams actually are. But you know, is is there? I don't know. Is there a real huge difference between UConn and and one of the and and one of the Bonavent? You know, is is there a difference between U- what it's come UConn to? or Saint John? You, no, 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 I'm saying, no, 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 I'm even, saying, I'm saying, I'm saying the way that they're they're rate, uh, weighted in Ken Palm or RPI I'm not or whatever. You're wrong. I'm saying, like, what does that say about UConn? But like, is, is there really a difference between Saint John's and UConn and Buffalo and Saint Bonaventure, or is there a difference between Villanova and and and? Yes, I mean Villanova's well, really no, good. but but a Villanova and an Oregon. You know, it's like like you can find a way to do it. It just doesn't seem like they really 
That month almost like to. you're playing in two conferences. It's like, yeah, we got the 20 fine, ACC. Whatever. It's like it. Notre Dame, how they kind of sort of play in the ACC for football. Exactly. It's like Syracuse, Syracuse kind of kinda plays sorta, in the Big East. Kind of sort of plays in the old Big East. They, they yeah. play the, you know, the games that they want to, and then you know, then they play in their other, other conference. <laughs> uh, we do need to take a timeout. We don't want to keep Jerry waiting. So uh, let's uh, step aside. When we return, Jerry McNamara joins us as Orange Nation rolls out right after this on ESPN Radio. Live from New York City, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen, Seth, with you for another 10 minutes or so on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by the Bill Rapp Superstore at the corner of Thompson and Burnett in Syracuse or online at BillRapp.com. All right, as we switch gears, go back to basketball now. Syracuse-UConn tonight uh, inside Madison Square Garden, 7 o'clock tip. Uh, what are you looking for out of the Orange tonight? I, I mean, I, I'm looking for them to go handle business and win. Uh, you know, I know Jerry talked up Alteric Gilbert and, and the backcourt, and, and I saw that uh, Jim Beheim had made similar comments to one of the papers here in town um, as well. But I, I think that Syracuse is far more talented and just a, a better team than this UConn team. And, and I think that they should go out and they should be able to handle their business. Um, I'm looking specifically Jalen Carey to bounce back. And, and um, I think he's better than what he showed on Saturday. Jerry McNamara said they think he's better than what he showed on Saturday. And I think he's got to prove it. I, I really do. Because he looked significantly better in game one than he did last time out. And last time out, he didn't look good. He, he's got to fix Got to figure something out there to, to play a little better. This opened as a, a nine and a half point spread. It's now down to eight. Um, I do think Syracuse is better than UConn as well. The Huskies always seem to play them tough, though. They do. Always seem to play them tough, especially in this building. Um, you know, I'll go back to that game from, from three years ago when oh, that was nobody could make a shot. And I just I, I don't want to see it turn into a slugfest like that. Syracuse is the better team. Go out and, and that game and set as you back said, to sport. Take care of your business. Um, I, I, I've been. You know, looking at this this outside shooting the the last couple of games, you know, certainly the two regular season games, Syracuse just what six for thirty three, I think it not is, good from behind the arc. Um, you know, and and some of that it's not all on Buddy Beheim's shoulders, but some of that relates back to him, and and I'm sure he was nervous for for the opener, and then you know he just he hasn't shot the ball all that well uh, in the first two regular season games. Did during the preseason, hasn't during the regular season, and it's been contagious. We've you know we've seen everybody struggle from the outside uh, for the most part in the two regular season games. So it's early. Um, I you know I don't know if this is a trend or if it just is you know them getting off to a slow start. Well, and it's pretty interesting because the the shooting stuff I find fascinating because most of them are really good looks. I mean, Buddy Beheim has gotten fantastic looks at the basket. Uh, Elijah Hughes has gotten fantastic looks from the three-point arc. It's not like they are uh, struggling to get open three-point shots. It's not like they're struggling to get open looks. Uh, you know, to to make plays. They just aren't making shots. They're getting the opportunity. And so I, I think that at some point these shots will start falling because I think that Buddy Bayheim is better at, at, at shooting than what he's shown. I, I think that Elijah Hughes is a better shooter than what he's shown. And I think that we know that Tyus Battle is a better shooter than what he's shown. So at some point here, these shots will start falling. I, I just don't know when that is. And, and is there a point that it's too late for that? To, or, or, you know, do, does it matter? At, at what point does it start to matter that your shots are or are not falling? 
Yeah, and I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, you know, I, I think that, that right now you could just write it off as, all right, it, it was back-to-back games they didn't shoot it all that well, but we expect, you know, it, back-to-back games they did shoot it fairly well in, in, the, in, exhibition. The, in the exhibition game. So I'm not ready to say, you know, this is an issue for this team, but it is something for us to keep our eye on. To your point about, you know, shots just weren't falling, they were getting good looks. You know, the, the assistant coaches have, have told us, you know, you talked to, to Red, I talked to Griff, you know, we've we've talked to Jerry certainly in the last couple of weeks. You know, they all are, are you know, they all feel good about the shots that Buddy Beham's getting. So, you know, yes. I, they, they, they said, I'll give him those shots yeah. ten more times. Yeah, exactly. They, they want him to keep shooting those shots. So it's just a, a case of the ball's just not going through the hoop right now, or at least it did in the last two games. And, and so I'm interested to see if if they're able to bounce back collectively, not just Buddy, but collectively from behind the arc tonight. The other thing is, you know, I saw a different kind of Pascal Chuku um, against Moorhead State. He was aggressive on both ends. He wasn't just a shot blocker. He was a, a presence on the backboards. He was able to score. He was able to make his free throws. I thought he had a great all-around game. And I'm curious, you know, along the same lines with with the shooting, is that going to be a trend or was it just a blip on the radar? I'm curious if that Pascal Chuku that we saw against Moorhead State, if that is a trend, if that is going to be him or some semblance of him moving forward, or if that was just, you know, like Barama's game at Pitt last year where he played lights out and it was just, you know, it, it was it the happened. exception and not the rule. Yeah. I wonder if what we saw on Saturday, if that becomes the rule for Pascal Chuku. Well, you know, I, I am I'm really interested to see tomorrow. If Syracuse gets past UConn, which I think they would, how does Pascal? Bowl, bowl. Well, but how does Pascal deal with that? Yeah. How does Pascal deal with having somebody who is his size? He can look somebody in the eye for once. He, he really can. He can look somebody in the eye, and and he it's not just like a he's not just there. He, you know he's uh, you hate to say it this way. He's not Pascal. Like he's he's a very skilled player. He, he's somebody who can do. Uh, a whole lot of things offensively and defensively. And I think that that'll be a really interesting test for test for Pascal Chukwu. Now he's not going to face a lot of seven footers over the course of this year. Don't get me wrong, but the, the fact that he's got a test like that, and, and I, I don't think it's saying anything crazy to say bull bull is the best big man that he's going to face this year um, that he's got it so early is really interesting to me. And, and so uh, we could talk about that more tomorrow, but I'm really intrigued to see how that plays out if it does. How disappointed are you going to be? This is kind of a oh my goodness. Question. But if one of these oh, teams doesn't win, if, if Syracuse so or Oregon doesn't win tonight, I'm going to be so disappointed. You, I'm going really to show up. Matchup. I'm going to show up early or stay gonna, late right, tomorrow. You're watching no yeah, matter what. I'm not. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm, are you going to watch Oregon tonight no matter what? I can't. Uh, because I, I don't think I'm going to stay the whole I'll time. In, I'll be in post game and so on and so forth. But. I don't think I'm going to stay the whole time, but I'll probably stay a little bit. By the time we get done with post game, they'll probably be in the middle of the first half. Right? By the time we get out of the locker room, post game usually takes about an hour start to finish. Yeah. So, so yeah, about but, the middle of the first yeah. half. So sure. I I would stick around and watch for a little bit, maybe through the first half. I don't know. I'm not going to stay for the whole night. I wonder how much we're going to be able to learn about SU basketball cuz normally with these, you know, big preseason terms we say, "Well, we're going to learn a lot about the Orange tonight." I don't know. I don't know how much if, we're if learning Frank tonight. If Frank Howard's not out there and Ty's battles your point guard, I don't know how much we learn the next couple of days. Well, and I think that's why. I don't know that we'll learn anything good or definitive until we see Frank Howard on the floor. I, I, I think that's such a big wild card that he's not out there right now. I think that matters so much. All right. Well, we are out of time for Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll do it again at noon tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.